Hey guys, welcome back to the Play Like a Girl podcast, one of the shows for SB Nation's Ohio State site, Land Grant Holy Land. We talk all things Ohio State football and talk to and about other women in Buckeye athletics and beyond. I'm your host, Tia Williams, and I'm joined by my co-host, Meredith Hine. Thanks so much for tuning in today. I don't know about you guys, but Tia and I are still riding that high from Saturday's win against that team up north. It really never gets old beating those guys, even though it's been now 15 of the last 16 years. It really doesn't. And I'm so sick of hearing people say it's no longer a rivalry if the other team doesn't win sometimes, but it absolutely is. Especially when every single game is just chaotic. Like that game gave me a heart attack. And if you listened last week, then you know I had to watch this game from an airplane except the Wi-Fi wouldn't allow streaming, so I had to rely on Twitter and ESPN game stats during my flight, which was horrible. And right right when my Wi-Fi turned off, because we were landing, that is when Justin Fields was injured. And keep in mind, I'm relying solely on Twitter here. So, like, people are panicking. They're tweeting, like, Justin Fields is injured. There goes our season. Say goodbye to playoffs. Like, are we even going to get into the champion, you know? And so for a solid 10 minutes while we're landing, I am like depressed. And then we land and I turn my airplane mode back on or off or whatever we do. And Twitter is going crazy because Justin Fields threw a 30-yard touchdown. I'm like, what is happening? (laughs) But in all seriousness, I love watching this team and Justin Fields coming back in after that injury and throwing that touchdown was easily my favorite moment like of the season most definitely and I think what was so interesting about that moment was how oddly familiar it was to just a few years ago when JT Barrett went down against Michigan and Cardell Jones came in and so I I don't think anyone was sitting here thinking oh I wonder what Chris Chickenoff can do um but so happy number one to see that Justin Fields is healthy and able to play and that he's doing well and then obviously destroying Michigan and like you said I felt myself having having small heart attacks and palpitations throughout the entire (laughs) game also last week we talked about how my darling husband is in fact a Michigan fan and he wore a shirt that said hail to the victors no like I almost texted you like how are you handling this Yeah, that was rough. At one point, I think when it became clear that Ohio State very much had the edge, he went upstairs and got some leftover chocolate chip cookies and milk from Thanksgiving and brought them down as a peace offering. No. Oh, I um, thought you were going to say he was like going to eat his feelings. Oh, he did that too. He was he was trying to make up for it a little bit, but uh it was it was an amazing game. Very very exciting to watch and always like you said exciting to beat up on your rival even if it hasn't been that competitive from an overall win-loss perspective but you know moving forward I think that we can maybe hopefully take a breath a little bit this weekend we're playing Wisconsin obviously in the Big Ten championship game um <laughs> the last time we played Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship game, well, two times ago, was when we beat them 59 to nothing. And all I remember from the last time was the turf guy, if you remember that. Yes. Too. Oh, my gosh. I forgot about him. <laughs> turf specialist from Purdue. I wish I would have looked up his name before we were recording because oh, that was such a great moment. <laughs> um, 
Yes. Legend of the Big Ten Championship. And then, you know, looking back to earlier this season, obviously we came away with a very strong win against Wisconsin. Probably would have been much greater if the weather in the first half hadn't been so brutal. But it is the Big Ten. It's a very competitive Big Ten this year. Wisconsin is not a bad team. So obviously got to stay on top of our game. But there are other fan bases, Tia, who can't quite relax just yet. Uh, Virginia is taking on Clemson for the ACC title. Tia, did you know that Virginia is the, I think, seventh team from the, oh gosh, the Coastal Division to win the ACC Coastal in the last seven years? Really? Yeah. You know, Clemson obviously is dominating, and it, they could be in the Atlantic Division. I really don't know, remember which is which, but um, Clemson has obviously won for so many years, but the yeah. team that they've faced has been constantly rotating. Um, which is just fascinating for me. In other games, LSU, uh, who came in number two in the college football playoff poll this week, is facing number four, Georgia. And then also there's Utah, Oregon, and Baylor, Oklahoma. And for the most part, uh, with the exception of LSU and Clemson, those teams are chasing that fourth playoff spot. So Tia, who do you think gets in after this weekend? Yeah, that fourth playoff spot is a huge mystery. And if there are zero upsets... The committee has a lot to talk about. I think that's going to be a really tough decision. But firstly, can we talk about how Alabama isn't even in the conversation? I mean, (laughs) this is the first time since the birth of the college football playoff. I just think that's wild. It's unreal. I saw an article today that they're expected to go to the Outback Bowl, which (laughs) you know what? There is nothing wrong with the Outback Bowl. It is a great New Year's Day bowl. Oh, yeah. Tell Saban that. So funny to think about Alabama not being in the conversation, like you oh, said. It's I love it. a very unfamiliar thing. Yeah. As for Clemson, you know, I get it. They're one of the three teams with zero losses, but they have played nobody. I mean, if you compare them to Ohio State specifically, I think Virginia is like the only current ranked team that they're about to face. And if they do get in, which I assume they will, if they beat Virginia, they're number three. The playoff committee, despite what Dabo keeps saying, I think likes them in there. I am genuinely interested to see them face LSU or Ohio State. Like, I don't know if they can keep up this year. It'll definitely bring out their true colors. And as for that number four spot, I see Georgia losing to LSU, which gets rid of them, and then them putting Utah at number five kind of tells us how they view Utah. So if they beat number 13, Oregon, I think their chances are high. But then again, if number six, Oklahoma, beats number seven, Baylor, then that's a higher quality win than Utah because they just beat a number 13 team. Oh my gosh, I think it comes down to how badly these teams beat each other. All I know is if I'm in the committee, I'm praying for an upset. Or something yeah. to make my life easier. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, and, you know, you said Clemson only facing Virginia as the ranked team. I actually didn't even think Virginia was ranked. And I just looked it up. And they are, in fact, 23rd in the college football playoff poll, yeah. which is, you know, that's their best win. That's definitely saying something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and like you said, it's it's kind of an unknown. They've won all of their games, but they haven't played anyone. So they could be really good or they could be bad. I personally would not want to play them right in the opening round of the playoff I would rather have you know the waters at least tested by LSU or someone else right and so you know if Clemson winds up with that number three spot hopefully Ohio State can maintain that number one spot and just sort of let the chips fall where they may 
The committee's definitely been known for making some questionable moves in the past. Uh, We remember a few years ago when Ohio State did get into the college football playoff over Penn State without winning um, the Big Ten that year. So uh, anything could really happen, but it would be pretty shocking to see Ohio State fall from number one when they do have two wins against Wisconsin under their belt. Um, So certainly a lot to be able to watch for this weekend with all of the conference championship games happening. We are going to switch gears and talk about something a little more serious uh, in a little bit. So we're going to take a quick ad break. So stay with us. So I think the rivalry game that really trumped all of the others this weekend, obviously, with the exception of Ohio State-Michigan, was Auburn-Alabama. If you did miss the end of that game, Alabama basically did everything they could to lose. First, Alabama missed their game-tying field goal. Then with seconds left in the game, Alabama sent too many men on the field, giving Auburn an automatic first down and ending the game. Auburn wound up winning 48-45, to which was awesome to see Alabama lose, especially to their rival. But Tia, it wasn't quite as fun to see the reaction from Alabama's fans when they started sending death threats to the kicker for missing the game-tying field goal. There's a lot to unpack here, but want to get your initial thoughts because he's certainly not the first college football player to receive ugly messages from fans. Yeah, it's terrible. It brought me right back to the Michigan punter, and I'm sure every Ohio State fan remembers this, but he dropped the snap, and it was in the final minutes against Michigan State, and Michigan State took it back for the touchdown to win the game. And my fiance was actually really good friends with him. They were both Australian. And he told him he literally had to have someone, and don't quote me on this, but I think it was a trainer or a staff member from football walk him back to his dorm to and from class for a few days after the game because of the people that would, like, wait at his dorm. I hate everything about that. Yeah, it's awful. And he was shocked. Like I said, he's from Australia. He didn't know anything about college football atmosphere, and it broke my heart. Like, that's embarrassing for so many reasons. But earlier this year, Penn State's kicker came out and said he deleted his social media when they lost to Minnesota earlier this season. And former Ohio State kicker Sean Nurnberger told me he's received his fair share. He remembers the most coming during his freshman year when he was 18 years old. I mean, think about that. Before you send your stupid tweet that you're sending a death threat to a kid. Like, (laughs) these guys are kids. It absolutely breaks my heart. And, like, uh, there's certainly the share of celebrity that these players have being on a great team and a great conference. But I was watching a game earlier this season and showing you how unimportant it was. I can't even remember who was playing, but the kicker missed like three field goals in a row. And these were pretty easy chip shots, but it was a small school from a small conference. And this kid was probably on scholarship and that's how he was paying for college you know right like he was I'm sure just happy to be part of the team and then to face this kind of criticism face people getting boot like just booing you I remember last year Florida's quarterback getting you know booed off the field yeah and yeah like it's just such like a mean thing to do do you think you can really do better we've talked about this so many times before but like 
just being a couch potato and watching a game and thinking that you could complete that pass or you could make that high pressure kick. And then you're going to critique the person who actually tried to do it. Who had the opportunity. I love like how passionate fans are in college football, especially Ohio State and I'm sure Alabama. But it is, I said this last week, it is a sport. It is a game. It is not life or death. And that kicker is feeling the lowest he has ever felt without the help of you sending him messages. Trust me. He doesn't need it. He knows what he did. And I got to give credit to coaches as well in these situations. I don't know what Nick Saban's response was, but earlier this year uh, when Penn State's quarterback was receiving threats, James Franklin came out and very much lambasted those fans who were saying these things, you know, saying that they're not fans if you treat players this way. And this is a little bit of a different situation, but do you remember Mike Gundy like years ago that I'm a man, I'm 40 spiel? Yes. Wait, I do, (laughs) but I don't remember what it was about. I believe it was in response to like members in the media were critiquing players on his team and he got so, so upset. And it's one, it's, it's a very, like, it's a great message, but it's also kind of a funny video because he stands up and he's like, if you're going to talk to someone, talk to me. I'm a man. I'm 40. Oh, like, yes. <laughs> it, was, it was it was bringing humor to this very serious situation. Um, and that very much should be, you know, the rule rather than the exception to have support within the program for these players who are dealing with, frankly, crazy people who are somehow personally feel personally like threatened because of other people's athletic performance it goes back to last week's episode and how hate weeks can really be all fun in games until it's not and until it turns into players turning into violence and into fans threatening a 18 year old as much as i hate michigan and as distraught i would be if we ever lost to them i just could never even fathom sending a message like that so if you are one of those people and you're listening to this, maybe pick up journaling. I don't think they are. They're probably not. <laughs> They're definitely not our audience. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks to everyone who is listening to us and who does not yeah. do these things. If you know someone, just give them a different hobby. Like, get them into boxing. I mean, anything else to let their anger out after their team makes a mistake. Um, just please stop letting it out on college kids. Thank you. Thank you, Tia. <laughs> On a more positive note, because we very much need some positivity after that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw that video of ESPN sports writers, uh, all women who parodied how women ruin sports for men. Oh, so funny. We'll link it. <laughs> We're going to, yeah, we'll share the link with you all in our post. But um, I actually heard Sarah Spain was in the video and I actually heard her come and speak at our business school last year about you know, being a sports writer, a little bit about being a woman in sports, but like, really, how do you, yeah, you know, be an awesome sports analyst. And that was really cool. Um, if you watch the video, there's a lot of funny things about like, not not just women in sports, but also like women in business and how, oh, yeah, it applies everywhere. Successful. Yeah, how women who are successful are often perceived as villains, because they do things <laughs> successfully. Uh, one of my favorites, <laughs> because I've been told this quite a bit in my life was I I forget who it was but she said I ruined sports for men last week by not smiling during my broadcast (laughs) 
Oh my gosh, and they were like, one of us. <laughs> it was so separate. They were like, um, the men get so angry when we do that. <laughs> I know. Or like, I love the opening one. Uh, I make men angry by hosting Sports Center every day. Like, yes. by doing my job. And um, I wore a turtleneck. <laughs> It was, it's so great, everyone. It's a minute and a half. I actually watched it like three times today because I just couldn't stop laughing about it. Yeah, uh, it's good. So I highly recommend. So bringing things back to Ohio State this week, we do have some exciting games coming up this weekend. Actually, tonight, women's basketball is facing Louisville. And over the weekend, we have swimming and diving at the Toyota U.S. Open on Saturday. And then women's basketball is back in action on Sunday against Radford. Right. It's actually a pretty light week for women's sports, but still yeah. good basketball, swimming and diving. Check it out. Yeah. And then we can't forget our shout outs for people who have positively impacted us this week. Meredith, you want to go first? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to my husband's friend, Troy. Uh, Troy is probably the biggest sports fan I've ever met in my life. He's the commissioner of my husband's fantasy football league that's been in action for like 15 years. So good for you, Troy. Very happy for your success in the league. Uh, But we were in Iowa over Thanksgiving and we got to visit with Troy and his wife. And Troy discovered after five years of me doing this that I write for SB Nation and I host (laughs) this podcast (laughs) with you. Oh Um, my gosh. Yeah, his jaw dropped to the floor. And I mean... You have this, like, I, I don't know about you, Tia, but whenever, like, this happens, I always have this fear in the back of my mind that they're going to say something like, oh, that's so cool for a girl, you know, whatever. Yes. Um, and he immediately started talking just about how cool, period, that was. He asked if he could read some of my stuff. So Dave immediately, like, pulled up the preview I wrote for Michigan last week. He sat. He read the entire thing. He oh put the gosh. phone down. And then he started talking to me about Shea Patterson. And how I thought he was going to do in the game. And I'm like... I love that. You are literally the greatest. So thank you, Troy, for, you know, just respecting sports. And the other thing that I wanted to give Troy a shout out for is because we were watching basketball with him. And I don't know if anyone has seen the commercial, the Nike commercial starring Alina Del Don and her sister. But it's a very heartwarming commercial starring a WNBA player. And... At one point, uh, I think Troy's wife or my husband or someone asked, who is that? Obviously knowing that it's a WNBA player, but not certain who it was. And Troy goes, oh, that's Alina Del Don. And we're all like, oh, that's cool. Like, just dropping that knowledge. And Troy played basketball in college. But then he goes, yeah, she played at Delaware and now she's on Washington. So thanks, Troy, for recognizing, you know, outstanding athletes, no matter no um, matter who they are. You so. see what happens when you put these women on Nike commercials and put them in the media? People know who they are. It's not the other way around. Yeah, exactly. Troy should be our mascot. Yeah. And <laughs> um, sucks after that. I don't even want to say it. <laughs> I bet it doesn't. Okay, well, the only person who it, person I say it's not really a person who has positively impacted me is the Ohio State football team. <laughs> I have been giddy ever since That's that a win. Great one. <laughs> like, okay, if I have to nail it down to a person, it's going to be Justin Fields and just how casually he came back after his injury 
through a 30-yard touchdown pass as I'm turning back on my phone to see the update of the game. I mean, thank you, Justin Fields. You know what? That is, you know why that's a great shout out? Why? Because we talked on the show about people who do the opposite of what you did and how those people are huge jerks. And you just gave a shout out to a college student. So yeah, look at you. (laughs) I didn't even do that on purpose. Setting an example. (laughs) All right, guys. Well, that is all we have for today. And as always, you can follow me on Twitter at Tia Williams. That's Tia with three A's. Meredith at Meredith Hine and the site at LandGrant33. We'll be back next Thursday and every Thursday after that with new shows. Thanks again for listening to Play Like a Girl, and as always, go Bucks!